You made it. Checked out of office to check into the sweet views of this place where the kids aren't asking for the Wi-Fi. Mom, can we go to the pool? And when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that American Family Insurance wants to protect your dreams. So whether you're at home singing in the shower. Every note. Or prefer singing your heart out in the car like Drew. Cruising. You can save up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto insurance with American Family Insurance. Get a quote or find an agent at AmFam.com. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Today's episode of Dr. D's Social Network features the talented, funny, and completely wonderful Jan James. Enjoy her song, Never in the Game, before we get into our conversation.
just lost I think about it now And I know that you cost It was ever new It was ever true And now you know You were never in the game Child, don't think about it now Cause I We are off and running with Jan James here. Jan, how are you today? I'm okay. I'm uh, sitting here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Was uh, the sun is actually shining today, so that's kind of nice it's a for positive, a change right? for a change in March. Um, but pretty good, actually. I'm you know feeling all right. Well, when um, Deborah set this up for me, well, it was funny. I was talking to her, and I had a couple of her clients on. And I said, send me more people. I love the people you have. It's And she goes, you want to take a chance on somebody? And I was like, sure. <laughs> take She's a like, chance. What about Jan James? You want to, you know, she sends me all your stuff. I was like, oh, I need to talk to her. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah, Deb has quite the collection of people. <laughs> yeah. So. She thought I wouldn't maybe like, because a lot of it's like health and wellness and fitness mm-hmm. people, but I've branched out a lot beyond that. And I was like, no, I'll talk to anybody as long as they're interesting. I'm into it, yeah. you know? Oh, cool. Well, I'm, I try, I'll try to be interesting. I feel like I'm interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so are you from uh, Chicago? Actually, you know, I, I started out in Michigan, mid-Michigan, um, grew up in the kind of a rural area. My grandma had a big farm, so I know how to grow things and mm-hmm. I know how to move animal parts. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but, animal I mean, parts. No, I mean, you know, there, I love animals, all animals. I'm a, yeah. uh, but anyway, I'm very farmy, if you will. So how did uh, music come into your life? Um, oh, well, I just, I started, um, in the choir and, you know, testing out singing and I really liked it. And then I was in band. I, I played clarinet in the high school band and I really, I was drawn to music in a lot of ways. And then when I went to college, I just, um, I just went crazy. I learned how to play guitar and then I mm-hmm. traded in my clarinet for a microphone <laughs> and I um, <laughs> I started writing songs and I, I'll never forget one experience. I was at a local bar and they were, um, you know, in college, that was so unusual to be at a local bar, but they had a band there and they were playing kind of a blues country style music. And I was just like, I need to go on stage right now. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know any of their songs or 
any of their covers. So I wrote a song in the parking lot and said, Hey, I really would like to sing this with you guys. And they're like, and it was like a blues based kind of, you know, um, arrangements. So it wasn't anything earth shattering, but I just had to make up some words and I went up and sang and, um, it's that it was just electrifying for me. I, you know, I felt it in my bones, like a strong desire to be on stage. And, and it was, it was from that moment when everyone was commenting on my voice and what I could do with it and how I could work with it. So, um, yeah, that was then in college. I'm not going to tell you what year that was. So. <laughs> we don't have to go there, do we? We don't. We don't have. I mean, we can go anywhere you want to go, but uh, if, if we uh, don't want to go there, it's totally fine. Well, that was just a very memorable uh, point for me, and I I knew yeah. then that I had to do it. And then I would just start experimenting with like trying to get deeper into the emotion of of songs and. Um, I did a really crazy version of leaving on a jet plane. Love that <laughs> you song. remember that, Love but that I didn't song. sing it anything like it was. I, I went off into tangents and like, in know, what way, to... what do you mean? Like, how well, was it so different? Uh, it was just like, you know, it's like, how does that go? Um, all my bags are packed and I'm ready to go. And so you'd start there and then I'm leaving on a jet plane. You know, I would just kind of go off into these big, yeah. like expressive, um, emotive um, tangents and it felt good and everyone loved it. So I was like, oh, well, that's kind of neat. And then I just, you know, I always felt like, you know, music could go somewhere emotionally. Wow, that's amazing. So that song that you wrote out there, was that the first song you wrote or were there others? Oh, you know, no, that was like, I just wrote something on the fly in the parking lot. I I don't even remember it. I don't, I didn't keep it. It wasn't, it was just something to get connected um, on um, my, I don't know why that sound's happening. I'm sorry. Do you hear that? No, no. Oh, okay. No. All right. Um, So the, um, uh, the reason I wrote that was just to be on stage with those people at that moment and get my feet wet on a stage experience. And then from then on, we, you know, I got in a band, I, you know, I met my partner who's still with me and we started in a playing in a rockabilly band, which is a crazy time. Um, and it was, we got pretty, pretty well known in the Detroit area and Michigan and, you know, we played that till it was done and that was mostly cover material. But then we started in the, uh, in the late eighties and a kind of a hair band, if you will, That's <laughs> you know, awesome. the, the, you know what so I, awesome. we kind of miss that now, don't we? Does, don't you guys miss <laughs> I that? I want that back. Badly. It's like, it was just so crazy. And we were right there in the middle of it all. So we did that and we started looking at the music business as a possible thing to do. And of course that didn't work out as well as I'd like it to, but <laughs> Um, right. That's the story for a lot of musicians, I'm sure. Um, oh, but we we traveled on to uh, Chicago. We finally ended up here, and we we started writing our own things. You know, not for specific styles of music, but just what we like to write. And uh, that's where we started with, um, you know, recording for ourselves and uh, under my name, Jan James. So that was, uh, you know, the first album was Last Train, still a classic. So I Tell don't know me what about you know. that. Tell me about yeah. that last last train. I, I love like 
sound like when somebody names an album and the whole, uh-huh. like, what's the meaning behind it, you know, and where does that come from? Well, you know, I always look at, you know, I should have gotten those albums out here. I don't really <laughs> have all those songs at my memory here, but um, Last Train was um, just, you know, the lyric was, I will ride on the last train, the last train rolling on back to you. Oh, now I will ride. It was like a desolate feeling. It was like a, mm. like a yearning and it was like a connection. You know, this is what music has been for me. It's like a way to connect with people yeah. in a way that is emotional and on a level that makes you feel something. And so that song was a ballad. It was um, kind of uh, emotive. Like I, like I said, that was my, my goal and um, it it did it for other people. So I don't know. It's hard to to describe how you go through the process of uh, naming the album, but we've had, this is, I've got 11 albums now. Whoa, that's a lot. Yeah, I know. For not having any like massive success in the record industry, which is, elusive it's been we were so close uh to getting real uh, real industry support on our around that time um you know flying to new york and this is a done deal and here's a lawyer and here's yeah. a manager and this is great and you're wonderful and you're the best things ever and then everything fell through you know <laughs> so like many like several times so um to to be able to have this kind of library uh, and still be in a house somewhere (laughs) living a life (laughs) is kind of amazing for a musician. I think, you know, a lot of times you get beat up and you, you give it up, but, um, not, I can't, you know, I don't. So yeah, that's the the new album, which is, uh, just kind of blowing my mind right now that we released it during a pandemic. Who, who does that? Release it during a pandemic. (laughs) Who knew that was happening? <laughs> Who knew oh that? My God. How, how would you know? You know, I like, know. Oh my I God. Mean, I love this song. Justify. I love it. You do. I mean, you know, yeah. that's the, that's the title of the album. And I'm glad that it got on there because, um, it has a lot of, you know, I never take things super literally when I'm mm-hmm. writing. Um, I don't know if you listened to, checked out the lyrics for that song, but, mm-hmm. uh, let me see if I can pull them up here so I can look at them. Um, you're there. Um, I was excited in this one because, um, you know, I think we all have to get to a point in our lives where we can look inside and figure out how to justify where you're at and what you're doing and how you've been managing your emotions. And in, in the bridge of the song, it's like, I gotta justify my anger. You know, people have so much anger they never even deal with. Yeah. Um, and justify my fear, justify my loneliness, justify my tears. I gotta justify my broken heart, justify my pain. I gotta justify my sadness, and then ultimately justify your evil ways. <laughs> it's like, right? I don't know. It, I mean, evil might be a bit strong for people, but um, it sounds cool when you sing it. So, um. It's a I, very know, good song. I mean, yeah, for the listeners, the, it's going to play during the intermission of the oh, podcast. And so we're going to yeah. play the full song and mm-hmm. I want everybody to hear it. And uh, I thought this would be a unique opportunity having, uh, this is my, you're my first musical guest. Oh, I mean, wonderful. So, uh, I feel wonderful. honored. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm honored. You're on and 
Um, thanking Deborah for getting you on and for us. I really want to make it special. And you're actually going to be episode 99. So we're oh. close to the 100 mark. Oh here. my God. That's great. Um, so yeah, for your listeners, I mean, I just hope you get what I'm trying to do. It's um, the music. Uh, my partner and I have been able to, you know, blend this emotion with this music, you know, the, the vibration of this music into a, a, a way that's just hard to deny, I think. And people, and the, the connection is what I wanted to talk about a little bit is yeah. how, how I kind of try to reach through that microphone and grab you, you know, with, you know, the, some of the other songs on this album, Try was written for a friend of mine who was who did commit suicide, one of our musicians years ago. And recently um, his brother was in a, um, in the healthcare mental health Mm -hmm. um, uh, field. And we were talking about how, you know, what we could have said to Kyle had we known he was experiencing this, this kind of, you know, disconnect from life. And um, so I wrote those lyrics for him. And, um, you know, I think, I think it's important to try to have messages and songs that do connect with people because that's what this is about. I think in my long career of making music, that's what it feels like to me. So. Well, do you feel like the music industry is there? Like in certain genres, I feel like there's a lack of substance in the meaning Mm. of songs, you know, Mm -hmm. and. And then there's other ones where that's still pretty relevant. Well, I, mean, I think, I think, I think, you know, you can't really be too judgmental about it because people can connect with a pop song that seemingly has no real message, mm-hmm. uh, but that groove and the, the, the beat of it and the, the way everybody can sing along to it is a, is a freeing kind of, feeling that you can connect with. So it's not really that the lyric has to be a certain thing or you have to, um, you know, talk about, you know, feelings <laughs> or so, but, you, feelings. but it's, it's the, gr- <laughs> it's the, it's the group, fe- um, you know, kind of the way yeah. it brings people together in a way that is, uh, hard, you know, you can't really deny it. Um, I don't know if there's any real, I mean, even like heavy, dark metal um Mm -hmm. is has an energy to it that is expressive and connects people in a different way so it's not i think i think just the the vibration of things really does you know bring people and into it in a way and can be very uh comforting be it metal or you know i like ozzy osbourne who doesn't I like Ozzy um, Osbourne. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Certainly. so, uh, you know, I know you speak with a lot of people that are in the healing professions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think music is one. So I think that's, uh, you know. I agree. I totally agree. I think, um, it's interesting. There's music that like, I would never like listen to like in my car or wherever, just to my, like to hear the lyrics, but like, I would like dance to it, you know, type mm-hmm. of thing. And then there's music. I feel like I'm definitely drawn towards very deep, uh, very personal sounding music. Almost mm-hmm. the kind of the achiness, the pain of the person. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love that. And you can like feel their kind of the anguish. And mm-hmm. yeah, so so like a song like just or uh, like try. Did you yeah. like did that one? I, li- 
do it for you. That's kind of that. They all did it no. for me because I like, um, I kind of, I like that blue Southern rock thing. Yeah. You know, like I'm a big fan of that. And, but I haven't heard a lot of that oh. as of late. So it was very different for me to hear it, you know. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad. I, you know, I wish somebody would like hear it that could go, yeah, let's str- get this out to people. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> because, you know, it's nice to make music. And we made a, you know, like I said, my ninth album was really good too, but absolutely no one heard that one. What was that one? It was called, um, uh, I called it Ring Around the Moon. Um, and it's a lot different than this album. It's a more, um, you know, it has more of a country vibe to it almost, okay. but it's, uh, there's a song on there called We Are One um, that maybe I could play it for you. Let's see if I can find it. Yeah, let's do chatting it. Chatting here. Um, but anyway, it's, um, it had a, a message. I wanted to do a play about it this out and make the album in the play. That's cool. Um, because it has a strong message about, you know, how we're all the same and, um, ring around the moon. See that title pulls me in. I'm like, what is that? I mean, like, you know, Oh, that's a cool song too. I love that song. Oh, it's a song on there too. You know, sometimes yeah. album, the titles don't sometimes have the songs that mm-hmm. are titled that too. So yeah, it's I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can find this one. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I can't do two things at once. You're it's like, funny. this is a multitasking is. <laughs> I know. It sucks. Oh, maybe I can do it here. Hang on. I mean, if I had my producer here. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. all good. I'm, so I'm... <laughs> let's see. I've got the lyrics. Uh, where's the stupid song at? Uh, anyway, um, that one. Why isn't it coming up on my computer? That's so weird. <laughs> anyway, I hope you can edit this out. Oh, wait. No, it's all, no, we keep it all, actually. It's pretty good. Okay. I love this stuff. I like right. this. It's the juicy stuff. It's like, because we're not perfect. You know, our life is not polished. We don't have, no. you know, people like that, that it's just like, hey, yeah, we were riffing on how to get this to work. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I'll sing you the chorus. Okay, here it goes. Yeah, let's do it's, it. Um, Look at how far we've come. Yes, all the magic's done here with the rising sun. We are one. And it's got a, like a dun, 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 dun. It's got a very a melodious kind of like groove yeah. to it. And my idea, and I work um, with people in different languages for some other projects I do. Okay. And I wanted to record people singing it in their language in like Japan and in Scotland and in, you know, yeah. Germany. And then have this video of all, I had all these great ideas, but you know, no budget. So right, right. <laughs> did not happen, but um, yeah, I'll share that album with you so you can hear it. Um, yeah. I would love to hear it. I mean, I'm, I went up when I, Deborah sent some of this stuff. I was like, wow, this is pretty good. Did she send you the whole album? She's, she sent me like press release stuff. And then I was just starting to look you up and I was like, I got to start looking up this stuff, man. Uh-huh. You know, And just kind of, you know, I didn't hear it all, but I was like, I just love that sound. Like even like Justify, which the audience will hear, like just the first like 30 seconds and uh. then the guitar playing and just like, it just roars on kind of, you know, uh-huh. like. 
I love that. I, I don't feel like there's a lot. I don't see a lot of that or hear a lot of that now. It's just like it comes on, boom. But it was like a lead up into it. I really like. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad you like that. We put so much effort into it. To make <laughs> You're like, it. thanks. <laughs> no, it's like, yes, you get what we're doing. It's amazing. Yeah, um, I'm a big, so I'm a big fan. Actually, music is in my family. My brother is, uh, well, he's not touring right now, but he's a touring hip hop artist. Oh, and it's his cool. full time job. That's what he makes his living off. Wow. doing and uh you know royalties and all that stuff and i watched him start 15 years ago with literally nothing and just kind oh, of wow. build his whole thing up to where a few years ago he was able to quit his regular job and just live off of his music and uh it's just a it's a pleasure watching musicians get to that point and and yeah. strive you know you know and and then some don't get there yeah it's true <laughs> it's just- true I feel like we were so close, so close. Yeah, it's hard. It was, it's, it's definitely very difficult. disappointing. Um, a lot of a lot of parts of my waiting for the industry have been disappointing. Um, but well, what's the biggest challenge? What was the been the biggest challenge that you've seen? That I've seen. Okay, well, we were all set up. We had management. We had mm-hmm. our. We had um, this great. Um, you know we had been with another manager and that kind of fell apart and he was kind of not that well versed in actually achieving things. So we ended up with a really great guy and um, he's like, I've got this great opportunity for you to, to sign with this major label and they love you and they want to make you this big blues artist and um, it's going to be great. And um, you know, come to New York and we'll set up this schedule and we'll talk with them and, um, we'd already been at it for like six years at that point, trying yeah. to get in the industry. And um, we had a lot of connections and people always saying, you got this, this is coming to you and blah, blah. Um, so the, um, the, uh, <clears throat> that opportunity was there and we're like, okay, this could be it. And I flew to New York by myself and met with this gentleman. I don't know if I should name name. I don't think I should name names. Yeah, but, don't um, name names. Yeah. Um, and he was really the real deal. He'd done a really couple of great, huge female artists as you know, as producing records and stuff. And he was really legitimate. And he seemed to. I was kind of in a little bit of a state of shock. I think because I was like, "Wow, this could really happen." Wow, you know. Yeah. And I think I don't know if it, it came off if I was coming off that way, but internally I was feeling kind of in shock. Um, and I had the meeting and the hands were shaken and it's a good deal and it's going to happen. And I'm like, holy crap. So we, I went back to Chicago and, um, had further conversations about songs and different lyrics and this and that. And then he's like, well, come to New York again, this time, bring your partner, bring Craig. So I'm like, okay. So we went out, we had and we played guitar and music in his office and we talked about this and that and really getting into all the details of songs and everything. And then um, went back to Chicago and nothing, no news, nothing going on, but we were communicating. And this was like, like I said, this was the biggest deal we could have ever had. Right. So we're just kind of waiting around and a month goes by and the communication became less and then another month goes by and then we find out that he signed another artist and made her huge. Wow. And it was because she was there 
and in New York, and she was working with some musicians that he had had prior success with. You know, Man. so he had that already set up, kind of like he felt like he he'd be successful because he already was. So, so they had a big hit, and I got to watch her on the Grammys, and um, it was devastating. <laughs> was devastating. Wow. can only imagine. Yeah. So that set us back for a while. Um, And then we got some some recognition in Europe. So we started with a label in Holland and we went over there and did some records for him. And that was fun. Really fun. We do a lot of touring, but it kind of got us over that. But it was, that was a really, I remember this specifically because I was reading all kinds of spiritual books at the time. And I was, like I said, devastated. This could have ruined us at that time. Um, but it was the, uh, what was the guy's name? Oh, shoot. He wrote a book called, oh, crap, Seed of the Soul. Do you remember that okay. book? Do you remember I don't. That book? I don't remember that book. No. Uh, Gary Zukoff, I think. Hmm. Anyway, the Seed of the Soul. It kind of helped me through that period because <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. We are more than just this vertical thinking. We are you know, we are part of everything and this is all part of, you know, it, it helped me with my kind of Buddhist stuff at the time. He wasn't a Buddhist, but I, I I have kind of a, a patchwork of different spiritual, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, things that I follow. So it keeps me going, but that was a tough, tough time. So. Yeah. Sounds like that was, it was kind of a crossroads. It felt like. It was a crossroads. Absolutely. That's a perfect way to put it. I didn't feel like the devil was in me, but I did feel like it was right. it was there to teach me something very important. So, and you know, it doesn't matter because, you know, I don't know where that girl is now that got the opportunity I didn't, but I'm still here and I'm still making good music and on my own terms and I hope that you know, people will enjoy it and we can connect with more people. So, how Connecting. are you negotiating like you know, your music in this time and age, I mean, it's different well, right mean, now, currently, obviously. What but. we're doing now is, I mean, it, it's it's because I've had several things have changed so dramatically since we put those first three albums out with the guy in Holland. And, you know, then we started doing more and we realized, you know, we're going to make music, whether it gets out to people or not. We're still making it because we have to. We have a studio that we own and we can do it here without too much hardship. And, um, we uh, we've realized that we have to take more control of promoting it. So that's why I got together with Dab and some other people in Europe to actually get people to hear it. So so that takes some resources that you know are challenging to find. But um, but that's that's how we've kind of taken control of it, and that's how I met you. So yay. <laughs> so yay. Yay. Yeah, it was funny. Deb reached out to me because she's seen, um, you know, in the podcasting world, pod, there's a ton of podcasts out there. It's crazy how many are out there. Yeah. But there's very few that are very consistent over uh-huh. a period of time and that are steadily growing. Mm-hmm. And so I think she saw that, you know, Daring releases every Monday and Thursday. Mm. You know, it's getting up to 100 episodes. Like, this is a for real thing. You know, it's mm-hmm. moving. And... um I just want to be open-minded. You know, I love music and, and and you're kind of the start of a new wave of podcasts for me. Oh, cool. So my 99th going into 100 and beyond is going to start 
featuring more creative people in a sense of, you know, artists and music. I have like an indie pop person coming on soon oh, cool. and, you know, yeah. and just a different vibe. You know, I love creative people and musicians. Oh, well, I'm glad. I'm so glad. Um, this last album was such a creative joy for me to make because when I wrote, the best part for me is writing it. Like, Sitting there with the music and the the lyric ideas I have, I well, have. What's the process like? I want to well, know. Well, well, Craig and I have worked together different ways over the years, but recently we find it very freeing to let him just do his thing. He's very talented. He plays drums, keyboards, whatever you know, instrumentation we might need uh, for the demo stuff that we do. He'll play. He'll just make up all of these music beds, if you will. They're like ideas. You're like, here's a riff in this key. Like for Justify, it was like, you know, um, that riff was what he had. And it was, it went on for about two minutes, you know? Yeah. And I just pull, you know, then he'll send it to me and I'll have it on my iPad, which is, this is, I love this because it's like early in the morning is my best time. Like six, seven AM. I have my coffee. I've got a cat on the day bed that I have. And I have my iPad and I have my notebooks full of like lists of, of things that pop out to me, little phrases here and there. And, um, I'll just start listening to this music and I, I'm so infatuated with what he comes up with that it's a joy to kind of listen to it. And then melodies will come and then I'll look at my notebooks and the lyric will just pop out to me. It's like a magic thing. It's so crazy because it'll be like, close my eyes, relax the mind, breathe in deeply and look for a sign. And it's right there in my view, just another dark cloud, ain't nothing new. And all I can think about is falling. You know, that's a funny line because it seems like falling would be like falling down, you know, yeah. but it's not. It's more to me that intention was about falling like spiritually, just kind of falling into, you know, despair or falling and, you know, into disbelief or some kind of, uh, uh, you know, not being able to like keep your day together, basically. Right, um, right. You know, and I think we've all seen those, had those kind of black times in our life where we're just kind of dark and not able to see any light, you know? But um, anyway, so Justify just pops out off the page. Like as I'm listening to this melody in my head and the lyrics in front of me, and then it's just kind of magic. So I record it then on my iPhone. <laughs> so I have all this really? techno all this technology. You know, I got my iPad playing it for me. And then so it's playing the tune that Craig had composed. And then the lyric idea and melody I'm recording on my iPhone on the voice memo. Oh, I see. I see. So I it's fun to go back and listen to those later after it's all been produced, you know. Right. This I mean, is a rougher just, cut than obviously, you know. Oh, it's not even a it's not even anywhere near, but um it's just you can see the the seed yeah. of the and it's it's fun. I should probably keep track of all those and <laughs> release them somehow, you know, in It'd the archives. Cool, unique thing to do. You know? Yeah, because people need to understand how different creative processes work. I did a workshop with uh my friend who is fantastic. You I really want to connect you with her. She's in New Mexico. 
And she has a place out in the, in near Southwest of Albuquerque. And she does a lot with uh, um, creating grants and things for the underprivileged kids out there for art Oh wow! and different. uh, She brings all kinds of different, uh, you know, she has an art club. She's got uh, art after school. She teaches them how to cook, you know, all this stuff. And she's fantastic. She used to be here in Chicago. She was a force here in the music uh, scene as a, she, she ran a rehearsal studio. Oh, uh, anyway, I'll connect you with her. She's yeah, got a place great. Uh, called Two Ponies Ranch out in New Mexico. Anyway, um, I did a workshop for her and those kids. And I brought out my notebooks and I gave them all notebooks. And I said, look, if you want to be a writer, if you want to be a songwriter or a, any kind of creative, you need a notebook and you need to write down things that occur to you as you're living your life, you know? So it was fun to teach them that because it works for me. It's what I do. That's the amazing. Lists. The lists. <laughs> the lists. Yeah, exactly. Oh, they're fun. Uh, <laughs> anyway. How hey, fascinating about, be- go head. We're going to try to shoot a, a video here while we're in sequester of uh, Justify. Wow. Very we're going to try. We'll see if it works out. I don't know. Neither one of us are real video producers, but. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's interesting. I'm one, the video, that's going to be very interesting as we're all on a stay at home bill at this point. Um, but also I just love the creative process of artists like I always tell my wife I'm like and I hear songs I'm like I want to know how they made that like what what was the idea for that and she's more like no I just kind of just want to hear it I don't want to know how it was created you know Mm. but I'm very much like the inside like behind the music I'm like okay how did this happen yeah we should do a series called behind the music oh that's a good idea I like that yeah I don't think people have any idea how much time and effort it takes to make this stuff, you know, to make the song, this album that we did takes hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of recording to get this balances right and create these sounds. It just takes how many so hours much you time. I, you know, gosh, cause we're, we have our studio in our house. We, uh, don't often te- keep real good track, but, um, it's, first of all, you have to constantly be investing in new technology. So we bought a brand new microphone that costs a couple mm-hmm. thousand dollars. You've got all this um, storage capability. You have to keep track of all the tracks. You have to, um, you know, have the right interface for different instrumentation. You know, we have all our musicians come and record here. Um, we have our drums set up in the basement. We run the whole thing up to the third floor. <laughs> it's kind wow. of a production. It's a big deal. And, uh, you know, and then we spend hours you know, putting the drum tracks down correctly and making it sound good. And there's, you know, there's eight or 10 mics on there. So you have to tweak all that sound and then all the sound waves have to kind of fit together. And, you know, you put the guitar and the bass on top of that. It just takes a long time. And the patience, I mean, luckily I have Craig because he is so, so good at being patient and, and doing all that. Um, and then, you know, I'll throw my tracks on top of it. I have a microphone that that we invested in, really great mic. Um, and I was able to just kind of engineer my own sessions. Um, but, you know, you're never happy. <laughs> you have to do it like <laughs> perfectionist. Six. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know. Um, How many takes? Song... <laughs> oh, well, you know, 
it's endless. It can be endless if you, if you want it to be, but you know, at one point you're just like, come on, you know, I did have to work <laughs> on this album. I worked with an opera coach because, um, oh. well, because as a vocalist, you know, I do my thing and it's pretty natural. I've never really taken lessons very much. Uh, so it, I've written quite a few of these melodies kind of turn into the, um, they go to the falsetto in a, in a place where I wasn't used to doing it right. naturally. You know, like I will take my chest voice really high and most female singers will sing in falsetto, you know, like, oh, you know, up here. So yeah, yeah. song called, which one was it? Okay. So I'm always coming back. It's the first song on there. I don't know if I can do it while I'm sitting here very well, but um, <clears throat> it's a really good recording of it. So don't. Don't think this is bad if I can't do it, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> it's okay uh, how does it go? It goes, uh, um, uh, shoot, I can't remember it now. Shoot, how does it go? Uh, <laughs> it's all right. I'm always coming. Oh, there's a point where it gets to the to the falsetto and it uh -huh. switches, and I I felt like I needed some help getting there, so I just worked with this this opera coach for a while, and she's like, oh, this is how you do it, and I'm like, oh, you do. Ooh, up over the nose. Okay. Mm. So it was a little tech technical That's brush pretty up cool. I did. It was fun. So I was able to kind of get after some of that uh, switches between chest and, and falsetto that I hadn't been doing as much before, but that's very singer tech, technical. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. That's fascinating. Uh, I mean, when did anyways, you know you could yeah. sing? Like when did that happen in your life? You were like, oh, I have a talent um, here. Well... I think it happened that day after I wrote the song in the parking lot ah. because of the electricity of the stage and the microphone and the music. I just, I just, I have the, I don't know that people liked it. They, they all were like amazed and I hadn't rehearsed anything at that time. I didn't know yeah. what I was doing. I did. I did take a class when I was in like, you know, before I went to college and this teacher was very cool. And I sang that song. I learned how to sing the song, uh, the rose mm -hmm. or was it ever, you know, some say love, it is a river. Is that the yes, rose? Yeah. yeah. So I I learned how to sing that and people were pretty amazed that I could do what I could do. And I was like, Oh, well, this is kind of fun. So, um, <laughs>
set out to be, you know, a singer. And then I got to, you know, I can sound a lot like Janis Joplin if I want to. Oh my God. Um, so awesome. Yeah, I did. I, I know she is amazing. And you know, it's so interesting because I did play her in a theater production here in Chicago mm -hmm. and um, she's a soprano and I am not, I'm more of a mezzo, mm -hmm. whatever soprano, whatever the deep, the deeper voice. Um, so to do what she, to kind of mimic what she was doing was, a challenge for me. Um, and when I did it, I didn't sound quite as raw as she did. Um, but you know, I could do it. And if I do like busting flat and Baton Rouge, waiting for a train, you know, I can do train, you know, I can make yeah. that kind of drawly sound and, and, and so I could mimic her and do that. Um, and recently, uh, one of the reviews on this new album was like, uh, most, you know, I would have to say the reviews I've gotten so far on Justify have been really positive and I'm very That's excited. Um, and one kind of lukewarm review I got was mentioning this, like how he, they were missing the Joplin sound, you know, on this album. Like I wasn't um, raw enough or something, you know, like I was too careful or something, something to that effect. And I was like, geez, you know, that guy probably wouldn't be happy if I came out and sounded just like Joplin and really exactly. went for that raw effect. He'd be like, you're a mimic in her, you know, you're, you know, he'd never be happy. So I don't, I don't, I don't know why I bring that up, but it was a recent thing. I wanted to call him and say, Hey, I'm not come careful. On, man. Listen, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> come on. I'm pouring my heart and soul out in this album here. Come on. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, I just, I think some people just don't get, that I'm mean, now I, I you know it was a lot it was w way back when I first started playing guitar I was playing some Joplin songs and my roommate at the time who was an older lady um 
she said to me, well, that's a great Janis Joplin, um, what do you call it? Uh, impersonation. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's not what I'm trying to do. I don't really want to be a job. <laughs> That's not it. Yeah. So, so I've always tried not to be that. But um, anyway, she was fantastic and wow. sad that she's gone. Yeah. I mean, great and crazy, amazing energy vibe. You know, watch those old footage of Janis mm-hmm. Joplin and different venues. And I was like, wow, crazy. All these. Yeah. Well, there was a lot like of crazy. Like, just a lot of hurt in her. Yes. Yes. And a lot of uh, abuse of herself and um, tragic in a lot of ways. Um, Definitely. So it's, it's you know, you never want to go to that kind of uh, self-abuse, which mm-hmm. is where she was in a lot of ways. Um, and, and that's another thing about, you know, you did mention being out on the road and everything. When we were touring a lot more, I did realize and see, I could see cl- clearly how difficult it was for a singer like me to be on the road like that. What do you mean? It's just physically, it's kind of impossible to do. Like you can see some of the really big voices that are out today. They have trouble on tour. Um, what's like reproducing that performance, the sound? No, not, right? no, no, no. Like- just wrecking yourself while you're doing it. It's a physical thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, to, to do that, have your voice that big and open. Um, right. For 90 minutes a night. And uh, who's the girl that had all the voice problems recently? Uh, Adele, yeah. Oh, I didn't know she had voice problems. Oh, yeah. Aware of that. Yeah, she had to cancel some tours because your voice is so big and you're pressing so so huge. And um, you know, I'm glad. I'm kind of glad I'm not on tour all the time. <laughs> yeah. But I kind of, I you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, if the virus leaves us, we could maybe do a tour. <laughs> Love to Life's going to be very different. Yeah. yeah, life will be very different. I think. I think there'll be some enduring changes yeah. from it, and some, you know, as our technology continues to grow, and how that becomes a, even more of a force yeah. in our lives could be very interesting, very different. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, I'm ready to see what it is. I'd like to do some live performance, though. That's really fun. What's your so, favorite part about it, like performing um, live? I love to get the audience worked up into, you know, into, you know, just responding. I'm, I, okay. I have a lot of tricks and I make them respond. A lot of <laughs> tricks. You got a lot, a lot of, of tricks, tricks. Jan. Okay. A lot of tricks. Well, you know, I'm very comfortable on the stage and okay. very, um, you know, uh, we, the music can bring you in, you know, like if you listen to some of those, one of the tunes on our album is a cover of, um, Rolling Stones song, Honky Tonk Woman. And we've been doing that song for years. And we recently, were in, we were in Holland in um, April. And uh, one of the guys that works for the Stones, he does their, um, he collects their memorabilia globally. He'll collect it. And he was at our show and he's like, you do Honky Tonk Woman, you should do it um, on your album. And then we will collect it for the Stones. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's awesome. Sure. So so we, we decided to do it. And what I love about that song, the way it came off on the recording, is that it sounds like a live performance. It sounds like what we do live, which is a party. It's just we have a big party. And I love it when I have my backup singers and my uh, whole band and, you know, keyboards, bass, drums, guitar, extra guitar player, um, saxophone, if we can find one. Um, oh, that's cool. 
just because it gets, it just, you know, energizes people and they get, they get up off their feet, you know, they move, they come with me on a journey. Oh, that's pretty cool. It's really fun. How long is your set normally? Um, it can be like however long it needs to be usually 90 minutes, you know, for one show. I mean, if we just depends, it can be anything. You should have us out. Let's play out there. Come on. <laughs> that'd be nice. Play out there for a party. Uh, no, that'd I'd be awesome. Really the best fun party band. But we do, you know, you know, people have to be into what we're doing, so it's good. Yeah, no, I'm 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 fascinated by just like all things like inside the music and the behind this. Like I like listening, obviously. I like live music and stuff, but I'm almost more interested in how things come to creation with people mm-hmm. and you know like with touring it's i i like the behind the scenes i always ask my brother about it, it was, he's not touring much lately because his whole thing was international touring that's pretty mm-hmm. much primarily what he does but just like how you get prepared for that how do you feel after the performance oh, is over yeah. you know all these things that maybe your regular listener is just like i'm just taking in the performance but i also like want to take in what else is happening with them yeah. you know we have to do that behind the music thing. Um, I tell you. It's always very, you know, it's a lot of hurry up and wait when you're doing live okay. performance because you have to go to the venue, you have to set up the gear, you have to look at the microphones, make sure there's a dressing room, make sure there's something to eat there, you know, you got to get some food, you have to make sure yeah. you get your hair done, of course, for ladies. Um <laughs> You have to, you know, I have to, last I was mortified. I forgot my hairspray one time. I'm like, oh crap, that's not going to be good. So now I have pictures with my hair all not cool. And yeah. so, you know, there's all that. And then, you know, you get to the venue, you do all this stuff. You do the sound check, you load the gear, you get all your outfits ready. <clears throat> Make sure you have a towel and something to drink. And then you hit the stage and it's, um, it's just you have to build it. You have to get out there and take people with you. And it's, it's work, you know, it's not always just, I mean, you can see people that just walk on stage and just stand there or strum the guitar <laughs> and it's not that engaging, but yeah. um, maybe, it's, you know, I'm, I mean, I just, I like to, I'm an entertainer is what I am. So uh, as, as well as a singer. How do you prep your voice for that um, performance? Well, I just pay attention to what I'm, you know, what I'm feeling like. Mm -hmm. Um, If I need extra time to warm up or, you know, just kind of do some breathing exercises and focus on the first song and do I know the lyrics, you know, that kind of a thing, which is also (laughs) also a challenge. Um, I want to hear about that challenge, actually, (laughs) because I don't think enough people talk about that. How difficult it is to remember all the lyrics to all these albums of all these sets you're doing. Well, I mean, you, you do, you do have to think about it. Um, um, And, you know, once you go through it a few times, first of all, you've written the song, so you kind of know what it's about. And Mm -hmm. then you go through it a few times, just like a stage actor or anybody, you have to kind of memorize the songs, the lyrics. Um, Do you ever forget, though, sometimes? Oh, sure. (laughs) What do you do when you forget? I just go, dang, what's that lyric? (laughs) (laughs) I try to, I'm kind of a comedian, too, so I'm just, no. That's cool. I don't, you know, you just sing the first lyric again or whatever, you know, no people don't. <laughs> a lot of times they don't even know, 
but uh yeah you're right i think you're probably yeah. right but then you know after the show you have to kind of wind it down first of all you got to wind down your voice you have to bring it back down into like real um you know you do there's some vocal exercises to do after a how show. do you do that Oh, it's really simple. So if you think about your voice as a vibration, you know, it's like a tool that vibrates, right? So when you want to open it up, you have to say things like da, da, that's opening the the vocal cords pretty much. You know, I'm not an, I'm, please don't quote me, but um, <laughs> you just, the vibration has to be open and you lift up okay. the back of the throat and you kind of make room for the sound. Da, 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 da. You hear people do that. Da, 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 da. Gentle, um, open vowel sounds. And at the end, um, you have to bring it back down. So you go, dee, 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 The E sound will tighten it up again. Hmm. And the ah sound loosens it up. So that's my wow. vocal lesson for the moment. You guys just heard it. <laughs> we just learned. You know, I just, maybe this is my thing, but uh, I just like I'm fascinated by what you just did is very fascinating to me. I don't oh, yeah. know everybody else is, but I just, you know, <laughs> people want to hear about a song. Oh, how big was that song? What about this? It's like the little things I like. Oh. The little nitty gritty things that are overlooked by people. Yeah. Well, there's Fascin a lot of it out there. Believe me. There's a lot of... Uh, a lot of, um, you know, things about singing that can be hard when you're not feeling well, especially, you yeah. know, the show goes on. <laughs> I've had a the few. show must go on. You've been I, sick and you're like, oh. One time, I will tell you this, I had to drive from Detroit to Cleveland. We're playing at the big Agora Ballroom in Cleveland, okay? It's a great club. It's got a lot of history. It's uh was a cool show and I was very excited to do it, except I had the flu and it mm. was, <clears throat> we were in a snowstorm and the only place for me to lay down with my fever was on the floor of the equipment van in the freezing cold winter, driving from Detroit to Cleveland. I'll tell you, I was terrible. I was just, yeah. I did the show, but I had a fever. I was body aches and chills. And I was just like, so sick. It was not, it was memorable, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know if anyone knew I was sick, but oh, it was terrible. How do you think people will, I mean, let me trace that back, take that back. How do you think the music profession will handle all of this? Once this goes away, you mentioned having the flu and do you think like we're placed, you know, promoters and places would be like, well, you're sick. You shouldn't show up to do this, even though that we've You know what? This. I think what's going to happen globally is that we are going to have so many people washing their paws incessantly mm -hmm. that the colds, the flus, everything's going to go way down. You know, <laughs> I just think it is. I mean, like the sanitary, the hygiene will change. Oh, the hygiene, because yeah. people are just more, I'm, you know, my, Craig is, I, I will tell you this, he's been a germaphobe since I've known him. Um, and he's just like, see, I told you, I told you, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. Right. And it's right. He's right. I mean, this is a particularly, um, contagious, um, germ that's out there now, but, um, everything else is, you know, the common cold doesn't have to be so common really. Right. Does it? You know, it doesn't people, really. I think that people will, there'll be an enduring level of hygiene. I would imagine. I would hope so. Honestly, God, people so will, yeah. 
you know, taking care of themselves. Maybe health and wellness will become a maybe a little larger element, especially the hygiene aspect of it. And mm-hmm. I think also people will not maybe be because there's lots of professions and things where people go to work sick. They could be dog tired, sick, nasty. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think people are going to stand for that anymore. They're like, nope, you got to go home. You cannot yeah. be here like this. Yeah. We're, we're not going to allow this to happen. Whereas it was kind of a badge of honor for people yeah. to do things when they're sick. And I think that's not going to be, that's going to be taboo, I believe moving forward. I hope so. It should have been. All along. I love it where they, in China, where they're like taking your temperature everywhere. I like that. <laughs> I, I just told a friend of mine, Jan, that you could see, maybe this is off, but maybe at concerts in different places, like heat checks when people walk into arenas be like, oh no, you're sick or you have this, you can't come in here type of yeah. thing. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not in America, but. Well, we check for guns and, you know, take That's our true. shoes <laughs> We take our shoes off right out loud. I mean, I love going to sports, sporting events. And like, I was just at a Seahawks game last year and, and you literally can't take anything inside of there, the stadium, unless it's plastic and they can see through it. Right. Yeah. So yeah. they've already cut down on that with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it could be possible that they're like, Hey, if you're showing signs, I'm sorry you bought this ticket, but you know, you're you not coming in here, you know? Right. Yeah. I think that's a smart thing. We should we should head up that technology, right? We should head up that technology. Come on, let's do it. I think it's <laughs> happening. I think there's Maybe. just some things are going to change, right? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some so I wonder like these big stadiums or, you know, just intimate concerts, whatever it is, like mm-hmm. how will that be affected? Well, we were just, in fact, I was just, I'm a big tennis person. I love to play oh, tennis. I love to play tennis, even though, you know, my body probably doesn't love that I play tennis, but I love to play. <laughs> and, um, I'm on the a team here in Chicago and we play a lot and we were, we, our big vacation was to go to Palm Springs in March yeah. to go to the Indian Wells. And we flew out there and a few hours later it got canceled and uh, we flew back. You know, so. what's funny. You're going to, you're going to think this is crazy. I was potentially going to be at Indian Wells. Really? really? Yeah, because I, I'm I've been involved with uh, tennis and the USTA for many years. With oh, like, do you play or what? Doing what? No, I, I used to run a very high end fitness club for over a decade, and we had a very large, very successful tennis program. Oh. And so I hired all these tennis pros, and you know we had like twenty teams. I mean, we had a, a lot of stuff. And so wow. my buddy, who was the uh, we're great friends, he heads up the he's the director of the tennis program. He's like, you want to go? Like, oh, you know, wow. how crazy would that have been if oh, you wow. were there and then I knew you were coming on here. I'd be like, whoa. Uh, <laughs> this is and Deb, Deb was going to come meet us too, but she got too, you know, yeah. everything just fell apart. It was terrible. We everything saw a palm tree. We, yeah. we saw a palm tree and then we had to come to Chicago. Yeah. Dang it. Palm yeah. trees are cool. They are cool. <laughs> <laughs> They're so cool. Where do you live? I live in Blaine, Washington, actually. So, um. Right on the border of, uh, it's a very little known place, but it's on the border of the U.S. Canadian border. Oh. Um, it's about a mile or so from the border. Cool. And uh, last city in the United States on the West Coast. And, wow. Uh, like in Sea Canada across the bay. Wow. And um, it's just filled with water. There's, there's Mount Baker, there's a big glacier in the background, it's all year round, wow. snow on top of it, bays, cool. oceans. It is unbelievably beautiful up oh. here. Nice. Yeah. Well, but, we're right by Lake Michigan. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, cool. except it's cold. It's got to be cold. I know. It's just the worst it. is in March and April when it's like forty degrees every day. Forty yeah. degrees, forty degrees, forty degrees. Not, like a metronome, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like oh really? But anyway, we'll get we'll get through it. We'll get through that. Um, and we'll get through all of this, all yeah. these things, you know. And um, it's just a, it's just it's just time, you know, doing the right thing. But I think your your music and people's music is a comforting source for people during times like these. Yeah. I, uh, I tried to put some songs on the album that were very optimistic, like believe in me, Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, very, very common, but easy for people to digest and understand. And, and, and again, that connection, you know, yeah, that people can feel. So well, how have you That's weathered all about. of this as so far? Like, how has all this been for you being kind of cloistered up and? Uh, well, you know, I'm fine. Uh, we we have a little side business where we do some uh, recordings for mm-hmm. different things, and uh, we've had to kind of figure out a way to do that remotely, which sucks. But um, other than that, it's been fine. I like to cook, and got my cats here, so they're fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's, I was hoping to show you my cats on camera, but I know, you know, I just, I like, I don't mind video for a while. Like maybe the first half of my podcast, first 50, I was doing a lot of uh, video and I never released a video. It's just uh-huh. the audio because it's easier for uh-huh. people to listen to stuff. And, uh-huh. uh, but some people were like, be freaked out about it. They were like, Oh, you, you can't release this video. Like it's, I don't look great. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not, I don't, you know, I don't want to do that. Come on. You um, know? Well, I did put, I didn't really put lipstick on, but I did put eyeliner <laughs> on and I did change out of my pajamas. So you got out of the, out of the jammies. <laughs> yeah. I try. There's a joke that went around. I was like every day at 9 PM, you have to take your day jammies off and put your night jammies oh, on. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the day I'm busy yeah. pretty regularly during this time. Cause I, I've had a live virtual personal training service for several years. Oh, so it's just been the same. How does that thing. work? Does that work well? I mean, I don't know. How oh you yeah, do that. yeah. It's I been, miss my um, trainer. I love my trainer. So I, um, I've been a trainer for almost twenty years, and um, a fitness executive for around a 12, 12 of those years, and I have my own uh-huh. other business and that whole deal. But um, so for around seventeen years, it was all in person, like normal, you know. Uh-huh. And then. You know, I had some clients who were, you know, they're movers and shakers and moving around a lot, uh-huh. you know, never in the same place. And I said, you know, the technology is getting really good where we can have a live service over, you know, various platforms and stuff mm-hmm. to do it. And so they were like my test subjects a couple of people many years ago. And um, mm-hmm. I just got better and better at delivering the service and the technology kept getting better and better and clearer and the audio became better. And I knew which systems to use that I thought would help. And wow. then I started getting tripods and started kind of uh-huh. you know, putting a system together and um, wow. ended up getting yeah, a lot of clients. That's, yeah. that's a hard part about traveling and doing things on the road. I mean, I have Pilates, I have, yeah. you know, my tennis and my trainer <laughs> I have right right now I have like a treadmill and I'm I can go for walks and stuff but I have also a TRX I put in my basement but oh that's I'm fantastic so unmotivated to do it by myself <laughs> that's like why it. you gotta have help man it's I know I need a good TRX workout you can send me one maybe oh yeah I've done that um, many times um you know I love that that apparatus it's so it's so great. helpful 
because we have weights and stuff, but I'm just mm. like, I need, I'm very social. So I'm like, tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the beauty of the live virtual program. It's, it's, it's in person, but it's basically what we're doing now, except adding the video component to it. Yeah. And, um, it becomes this conversation while going through their dynamic progression. And, uh, it feels actually extremely intimate when you're yeah. doing it. Um, cool. which well, people don't think it, it is, but it, it is good. Yeah. You know what? Jan, I'm happy to have you just try it out if you want to ch see oh, what it's wow. like. Yeah, just just to try it out, just to see, oh, you know, like. I'm in. Yeah, we should set it up. Just just to try it, see what you think about something like that. It's really amazing. It really yeah, is. and uh, yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, I have had great trainers because, I don't know, do you know Midtown? The Yes, I do. I, I know yeah. some people there, actually. Yeah, that's where I go. Um, not, I don't train there i have a trainer yeah. around around the corner for me because i'm kind of far away from there but um yeah. that's where i play and there was a great trainer there that i loved and she did some she videotaped a few moves on the trx but i'm just so bad at like pulling them off. i'm gonna do them today but i would love one to today, try it. yeah i will no let's set it up and once we get off air here i want to have a small conversation with you and just okay talk about a few things and um no i think it's been i've been in incredibly blessed to have this uh service because it has just stayed the same for me yeah and yeah i'm very lucky well, on that sense you know i saw it kind of coming ahead i was like you know what this is going to be viable in the future as technology continues to evolve uh -huh. you know yeah and it, um i probably want to introduce you to my trainer guy here too because he might be i don't know do you if you work with other trainers yeah, I I want to help my colleagues, you know. Yeah, I he's just... fantastic. Oh my god. So fantastic. Um That's awesome. But um anyway, what what else you want me to sing? Anything? <laughs> I would love you for you to sing. Do you have your guitar with you or anything? Oh or? my god. I can get one. Hang on a minute. Hey, get, go ahead and get one. Okay. Craig? <laughs> can you bring a guitar up here that you can play? No, can you do it please? He's like, no, we're not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'd be really good. Come on. You can take a break from the 50 things you're doing. Like <laughs> maybe one song, maybe. He's you know, always like, so, so busy. So busy. Yeah, you know, I understand. It could be cool. Like one little, you know, acoustic or live song type. Kind of take us out, you know. And then, yeah. Uh, could be really cool. And then I, I'm definitely, we're going to play your uh, justify the full song in the intermission. So I break this up, you know, oh, on cool. the editing yeah, and uh, introduce it. And then people get to hear that. And then, you know, and do a little introduction to at the beginning of the podcast and maybe yeah. play some other samples or stuff, you know, so. Oh yeah. Um, hang on. Let me just make sure he's coming. I don't know if he is or not. Just <laughs> He's like, eh, I don't want to do this. Oh, he's baby. Hang on. Hey, Craig. Right? We're not doing video. Just bring a guitar. Come on. Please. We're going to get some music out of this here. I'm going to get some more music. I hope you guys are enjoying this with Jan James. I love this free-flowing stuff. Hey, it's really hey. amazing. You know, yeah. he's, indis he's indisposed at the moment, but he That's will okay. show up That's with okay. one in a minute. That's I mean, okay. Literally indisposed. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's I mean. okay. This is a this is one of my favorite episodes. I feel it already. You do I just, really? <laughs> I just this is the it's the it's the little riffing. It's the 
it's the lack of organization on yes. my part and everything. That's that's my whole podcast. That's why I told Deb, make sure she listens to it to see what I'm like. I don't I don't plan stuff on this level, you know, like I did listen to Let It Roll, you know. Let's see. Uh, I do want to play this one song while we're waiting here. Yeah. And, uh, Find it. Ugh. It's just like that. I'm very type A in most parts of my life, but on this, I, I just like to let it be very native. So let it happen. Yeah. You know, and let's just see where it goes, where it takes us. You know? Where's it going? I don't know. I have no clue, but that's okay. That's, that's life though, isn't it? I mean, I don't know it where is. things are going in life. Who, who knows? I just... Try to roll with it. Oh, I hear something. No, you don't. No, I thought I heard something. Oh, no, you heard me going, where is this music that I'm looking <laughs> for? Gosh, dang it. <laughs> dang it. Uh, it's okay. Oh. Mm. Wow. You want to hear something crazy? Oh, shit. These are all like, I'm sorry. I did swear. I no, do it swear. Doesn't matter. My no, daddy no, it... was, my daddy was a truck driver. So um, no, you know, people ask me all the time. It's like, it's okay if I like end up cursing on here. I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. You can say whatever you want. It's, it's totally fine. <laughs> right. Just dang it. I don't know where this is. <laughs> He's going to kill me. He's like, why can't you just play something? He's like, just play a song. I, don't, I didn't have it here. I don't have it handy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Duh. Uh, Always cool. I love artists. You know, they're very creative people and they love to play their music and, you know. That's another thing. I mean, wait, is he coming? No, he's not coming. <laughs> this, part of the, this part of the podcast is, where's Craig? Where's Craig? <laughs> <laughs> We're waiting on Craig. <laughs> Craig, honey, don't be angry. Just come in because we're doing this. Come on. See, he swears too. I got that you too. That's going to be amazing. I love that. Well, you don't have to do anything. Just come and do, just play the one song. That's all. I don't even know what song. What song? Any song you want to play. This is amazing, by the way. <laughs> this is really what it's like around here. This too. is like literally amazing. Like, just real life, man. Yeah. Yeah. He's now um, going <clears> to. <throat> Come in here in a second. Wonderful. Thank you, Craig. Thank you. He can't hear you. That's the problem. That's okay. I'll just say I thank you. I think I have it. Uh... great. I definitely heard him when he walked in. Did you hear him? <laughs> he had to wash his hands, uh, man. I know, man. It's got to wash his hands. Shh. I totally get just it. Oh, my God. He's going to kill me now. No. Yeah, you he's might. Very, after very... this, you could not be, you might not be happy. <laughs> no, he's very nice. Uh, we, you know, are you with, do you have a partner? Yeah, I've been married for 15 years. All right. Well, that's been so wonderful. cute. Been so wonderful. Adorable. Yes. Craig, Darian is very grateful to you to come and do thank this you, on, the, on the fly. He, you can't hear him, but he's saying thank you, Craig. What do you um, Say hi, Darian. Hi, Darren. Hey, Craig. Darian. Darian, hi. How are you, um, man? for me. Yeah, he's like, he's, Craig wants everything to be like already produced and put together. So <laughs> let's make it raw. Let's okay. make it raw, and he's not that happy about it. But um, let's do. Uh, uh, I'm just trying to get the video together, honey. I know. You, he's, I'm trying to make him a video engineer now, and or, um, I'm doing other producer. things. You just got to you know, play a song. So what song do you want to play? Let's to do. Uh... 
Let's do how anything you want. Okay. This is on the album too. Anything uh, you want coming up right now. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. Won't you talk about it? Thank you, Craig. <laughs> he said thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the Rate and Review section. Thanks, everyone. Now that cities are opening back up, there's a lot to look forward to. Good thing Amtrak has convenient downtown-to-downtown service with spacious, comfortable seats that take you and your loved ones to enjoy things like live sports, concerts, museums, plays, weddings, hair salons. Let me say that again. Hair salons. Small talk with strangers, going back to the office, that can wait. Ah, the city life. Just an Amtrak away. Find your route on the Amtrak app or on Amtrak.com. Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that American Family Insurance wants to protect your dreams. So whether you're at home singing in the shower, every note, or prefer singing your heart out in the car like Drew, cruising, you can save up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto insurance with American Family Insurance. Get a quote or find an agent at amfam.com. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and a top-rating company, 6,000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.